It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, and welcome to Molly News Podcast episode 34 and on this week's episode Wolves are dealt a hammer blow by West Ham at the London Stadium Connor Cody signs a new five-year deal at the club and he's called up the England squad for the upcoming international fixtures and as we approach deadline day we're going to look at what deals incoming and outgoing could happen over the coming days and look ahead to Fulham on Sunday afternoon my name is George Freeth and I'm your host and I am joined by James Wynn. Hello. Uh, Harry Whittingham. Hello. And Jake Tomkinson. Hello. Uh, lads, apart from the absolutely devastating, depressing result on Sunday, are you all all right? I'm fantastic. How are you, George? Uh, couldn't be better. Um, because, and I know, Harry, you're, you're extra happy, aren't you? We'll get into that later on. But something brilliant is happening that he's making you a really 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 happy man uh james you are you all right and i've noticed that you went viral on twitter again yesterday did i you know full well what happened yesterday well i've, I've muted my notifications has that got that that that, that is how big you are you've had to mute your notifications too many sorry yeah <sighs> hang on where are we um Oh, it's gone too far now. But I'll take your word for it, George. Yeah, thank yeah, you. It was pretty big. I decided to promote the podcast, you know, give back to the community. So. Yeah. If you, if you are listening to this because of a tweet James Wynn did that got a few thousand likes, fair play. Um, and thank you. And also, thanks for listening to uh, promoting it, Wynn. Um, My pleasure, mate. Giving back to the community, to those less less um, less fortunate than myself. Oh. <laughs> and Jake, are you all right, mate? Yeah, I'm all good, Tom, mate. Good, good stuff. Right, we may as well get it over and done with and get it out of our systems. Uh, Sunday wasn't very fun, was it? A 4 0 defeat to West Ham. Goals from Bowen, Haller, and a Jimenez own goal cemented a truly miserable Sunday evening in the capital for Wolves. James, uh, I'll come to you first. Um, I'm I'm lost for words with this. Um, just how did it happen? Um, to be honest, I don't know how it happened because I mean, if anyone wants to listen to last week's podcast or us three, definitely, I presume you were the same, George. We all thought we were going to batter them, and you know, you just, the team gets released, and you look at it and you think, yeah, that looks good. And you look at West Ham, who don't have a manager, who have a very bad squad, who have been battered by almost everyone they've played that wasn't a League One team. And you think, easy win. And somehow it didn't happen. And to be honest, I can't explain it because everything was in place for us to play well. And uh, it just kind of went in the completely opposite direction. And it's quite annoying because... I don't know how that happened. 
Sorry, I'll, I'll come to you second then. Um, have you got any explanation for it? Um, Ruben Vinagre and Roman Sois didn't help the matters, I think. Pulling no punches there, straight in. No, well, I don't think any of the back five were particularly good. I don't think Samado was bad, to be honest. I didn't. I don't think he was at fault for any of the goals. Um, I, I agree with Win. Like, I think it's just one of those instances, and hopefully, it's a one-off where just everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. Like, you know, without Patricio, it would have been a lot more. And it says something when he's conceded four goals that he was actually quite a good performer. Um, you can analyse it all you want, really, can't you? But I think the top and tail of it is that we know we're a better team than West Ham. And sometimes these things just happen. And hopefully, which has tended to happen during Nuno's reign, uh, when these things happen, it usually gets put right quite quickly. When I'll come to you. What, what did West Ham do to punish us then? Because it, it was... We've got, to, I've got to, we've got to put our hands up and give credit to West Ham because... They absolutely played us off the park. Declan Rice was dribbling past Matinho at any given invitation. What did they do right? Um, well, I guess that because of the nature of our defensive display, they didn't really have to do a lot right. But um, Antonio played very well. Uh, Cody couldn't deal with him and neither could the other two, to be fair to Cody. Um Bowen took his chances when they came to him. And, you know, when it goes to 2-0, you've got no chance. I mean, let's be frank. If it wasn't for Patricio, this would have been an absolute battering if it wasn't already. So, um, I mean, there's there's no doubt and they deserve to win. There's no doubt and they were the better team. There's no doubt and we were awful. Um, they just they just played better man for, man for man than we did. And we didn't get the ball forward enough. And it's quite worrying, but as Harry said earlier, it could just be a one-off. I think this Saturday will tell a lot as to whether it was a one-off or not, but time will tell. Harry, for you, as you've mentioned, and you've written articles about this in the past, how when the pressure's been on Nuno to to change it up and have a, a, a game where it's a bit of a turning point for the season... He's done that in the past. What's he got to do on Sunday against Fulham to, to make it one of those games? Um, well, I think, and this sounds really easy to say, but I just think the defence needs to tighten up. And I think we just need to put it on a team. I think playing Dendonka would help for a start. Um, <clears throat> playing Dendonka in a two, should I add. Um, and just basically just passing better because, you know, we saw it against City. We couldn't pass, we couldn't string two or three passes together for 45 minutes. We need to do that for a full 90 because we were useless for 90 minutes in terms of passing the ball against West Ham. Um, we need to create more than one half chance like we did um, last Sunday with Neves just before half time. And we need to. We just need to be better in every single area of the pitch. I think we need to really use our better players or our dangerous players rather than, you know, no disrespect to Martino and Neves because they're fantastic footballers and they're two of the best players in the league at what they do. But they are not our danger men. And uh, playing it in between Martino and Neves and then Cody Sice and Bolly, when you're a team who, who are trying to, and the same Verticom as trying to get in the top four, that, that's just not the way forward. You know what I mean? You look at Spurs, and I don't think Spurs are that much better than us, but they're on the front foot all the time. 
I know it, I know it hasn't exactly gone from so far this season, but the style of football is much better and it's just a much more progressive way of playing against teams who are going to sit back and defend for 90-odd minutes. Yeah, very true. Uh, like you said, it's we we've got to get have more of a, a more of an attacking impetus to go at these teams because I was expecting the West Ham game to be a game where we it was just like an all-out attacking display and our attacking players were able to show what they can do because even against Sheffield United, we got the game done pretty much in ten minutes and and sat back. Man City were obviously. Uh, um, brought the game to us and we sat back and let them get into it and I thought right West Ham is the game but it was just a really really poor start in in that respect now he may not have put in his best performance for Wolves yet on Sunday evening but club captain Connor Cody signed a new five-year deal on Wednesday seeing him through to the club until 2025 which would see which take his stay at the club up to a decade. Now, after already being at the club for five years and over 250 appearances, Cody's new deal eclipses the one he signed in Wolves' first season back in the Premier League after promotion in 2018. Wynn, I'll come to you. Just how important of this is, is, is this of a signing for Wolves? We've seen new players come in and Nuno sign a new deal, but what? how do you feel about the captain? Well, I mean, it's an important deal, but I don't, I don't think it's that important on a club level because I don't, I can't see him going anywhere else, to be honest, as long as he's wanted. Um, yeah, why would he? Um, he deserves it, first and foremost, because obviously he's got an England cap. He's probably going to get a second one at some point this week or a third one. And um, yeah, it, I, could, I couldn't speak highly higher, higher of the man because... I, I don't think there's an, another person that you'd want to represent this football club, to be honest, because he's just an absolute diamond. And um, yeah, uh, long may it continue, because obviously before last week, he was in the form of his life, I think. And um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone would have a bad word to say about him. So thoroughly deserved. Harry, how do you look back on Cody's five years at Wolves? Obviously, when he joined the club, in 2015, the club's in a very different position to where it is now. You know, how, how would you describe his transition over that period? Um, well, he's, whether we've been a good team or a bad team, I don't think he's ever let us down. And um, I think we've always known he's had talent. And I think just, you know, putting him into that back three was a massive stroke from Nuno. Uh, there's absolutely nobody else in the league who plays that position like he does. He's by far and away the best in the league in that role. Um, probably the only player who plays that role, to be honest. But uh, I, I just echo what Winnie said. Really, I can't speak highly enough of the man. I think he's an absolute, you know, a great representative for the club. Um, I'd argue to say, alongside Henderson, probably the best captain in the league. Um, yeah, and you know, with no two ways about it, he's a very good footballer. Uh, I think a lot of people like to jump on the Cody criticism boat. I think Doherty was forced out through that. So well done to those people. Um, but he's a fantastic footballer. There's no two ways about it. He's been brilliant for three years and you don't win a championship title, guide a club into Europe and get to an FA Cup semi-final without being a, a good player, in my opinion. So I'm glad he's got it and he deserves it. You're right, and as I said, he just seems like a really nice bloke. Like all the videos they they do for Wolves, 
Um, he he just he always speaks really well, and um, what I like is he always says he really really is, or he really really does, or they really really are. The man loves to exaggerate, but Connor, um, he's just a he's just a really good player. Like obviously his upturn and form has been linked with Nuno's uh, time at the club, and and hopefully that they can continue that because he's always got that potential to get better. There's obviously flaws in his game because he's not a, kind of like a traditional centre back as you know, you'd otherwise expect in a back three, but his abilities improved to the level where he got himself in the international um, reckoning. And last month he got a call up on the back of uh, obviously the news about Harry Maguire being left out of the squad for, for separate reasons, but Cody got into the squad then. You know, I think there was maybe a bit of a thought that he only got in there once to fill in for Maguire, but even though he only played the 90 minutes in a drab nil nil draw against Denmark, he impressed enough to get a second recall to Gareth Southgate's squad for the upcoming internationals. For some reason, there's three England games. I don't know why that's happening, but there's anyway, there's three of them. Um, when, how happy are you for, for him to, to, to be back in that England setup? Um, very, because, you know, obviously it, it's, very, it's a very rare thing to see for a Wolves fan. Um, I, I think, obviously, in the Denmark game, which to be honest, I've already completely forgotten because nothing happened in it. But um, he was probably the only good player on the pitch from what I can remember. So um, I, I, I always assumed that he was going to get called back into it because we saw Southgate's, quite frankly, brilliant interview when he was asked about Jack Grealish's debut and proceeded to talk about Connor Cody's debut instead. <laughs> it was superb. Um, but yeah, uh, it's thoroughly deserved and hopefully he gets a few more caps without being injured. Yeah, let's hope so. Harry, do you think this then, on kind of like a separate England point, do you reckon this steers us more towards a permanent use of a back three or can you see Southgate maybe trying to integrate him in a back four? Um, I think, to to be honest, I think England will probably play a back four in proper games, but I think he's at the moment he's just using him sort of test out the system and like I think for our point of view it'd be quite nice for us to play a back three because it would be great to see like Cody play for England on a regular basis in a major tournament wouldn't it um, but I don't know I I know this sounds stupid because as a sports journalist but it's just really hard to know what actually is going to happen with the England team because it just seems to change every day like the best system it's you know we played three at the back of the World Cup didn't we and then all of a sudden we moved away from it so, um, come May, June, it could be three at the back, and that would be quite good for Connor Cody and Wolves fans alike. If England have got all of their come like best available fit centre backs, let's say Cody plays in that back three for England. Which of the two centre backs would you play either side of him going forward? If if you were Gareth Southgate, um, I think. As much as I don't really rate him, Maguire's got to be there because he just will be there um, because he plays for Manchester United. And I'd, I I like Gomez. I think I'd play probably play Gomez somewhere. Um, I mean, they're both right-footed, which is probably bad, but um, I think we do have quite a shortage of capable defenders at the minute. Not right-backs, but centre-backs and left-backs are pretty dire. <laughs> Excuse the pun. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but 
unintentional, I must stress. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that they'll play a back three in a tournament because, purely because um, of that game in Denmark where, although it was... I mean, the, the system probably played a part, but I don't think you can blame the formation as a whole. It's just Southgate's very turgid interpretation of it. Um so yeah, I think I'd think they'd be stupid not to play four three three, but I reckon, seeing as we've never seen it, it would be quite interesting to see Cody in that and see what he can do. Yeah, let's hope so. I think the problem in that Denmark game was I think we played Rice and Phillips in midfield, and there was just it, there was just no dynamism. It was like Wolves even I. It was just there was just nothing going through the midfield, and that's kind of like why. It faded out a bit there. There's some news that Wolves have announced in the last hour, and that is the kickoff times for our October fixtures have been announced. So, Wolves will take on Leeds at Ellen Road for the first time since 2018 on Monday, the 19th of October, and that's going to be an eight o'clock kickoff, which will take place live on Sky Sports. And then the following weekend, Newcastle will travel to Molyneux for a 4.30 kickoff on Sunday, the 25th of October. Again, that's live on Sky Sports. So there's another couple of fixtures. Don't think we've got one lined up on a Saturday for quite a while. Um, obviously, we've got the international break after uh, Fulham on Sunday. So those are the next two games for Wolves. Um, we'll move on to Fulham now then. We've got them on Sunday, uh, 2 o'clock kickoff, I think, or 2.30. Um, Fulham currently sit bottom of the league with three defeats from three and they were comprehensively beaten by championship side Brentford on Thursday in the Carabao Cup Jake I'll come to you for this one then about Fulham we we spoke last week about how we've got to beat West Ham they're really bad really really bad um, are we going to say the same thing about Fulham this week because they are really bad we've got to beat them uh, yeah, they're not a very good football team, but I don't want to go down the same approach that I went for West Ham. Um, you know, I was very, very confident and, uh, well, in the end, quite clearly too confident. So, um, you know, they, they, they've got a few decent players about them. There's there's a few good things. You know, they've got a, a decent keeper, a decent striker. I don't really know loads about them, but I, I, can't, be, I, I can't lie anymore. They're not very good at football and if we are to do well then we have got to beat these very comfortably. Harry then, obviously we've seen Fulham in the past. Obviously they came up with us uh, when we got promoted from the Championship in 2018. That They also got promoted that year. We've, we've seen them a, a fair bit over the past couple of years. Who stands out for you as their most dangerous player and causes you the most worries? Uh, I think everyone will go for the obvious player of Mitrovic, which is what I'm going to say, because... Out of the, I think he's played Cody three times, and I'd say two out of three he's got the better of him. Um, I can't, I, I, for some reason, I've got a feeling he didn't start when we played him, when we beat him 1 0 in to basically secure seventh few about a year ago. He did. All oh, right, he did. So Cody did get the better of him that game. I don't really think he did much, couldn't, clearly, because I couldn't remember him playing. But, um, yeah, they you know, we, we just what Jake said, we said it last week, but we, we really are in trouble if we don't beat these because they're just not, they're not a Premier League standard team, to be quite frank. Uh, you know, probably on the same level as the Albion. 
Um, uh, yeah, sorry, that wasn't really very good. No, it's, just cut. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add about Fulham? Uh, Tom, Tom Kearney's quite good, isn't he? So he's a, for me, he falls into the class. I don't know if you all agree. Where he's too good for the championship, but he'll never yeah. quite be good enough in the the prem. prem. Like other players, like David Nugent, uh, Ross McCormack. Who else? Loads of them. Yeah, an interesting one is that Patrick Bamford is too good for the champion. It's not good enough for the championship, but too good for the Premier League. He's he's broken the vortex. Yeah, that's true. Actually, fun fact: bringing back a favourite uh, feature for you all. Stat time of the week: Fulham are winless in their last twelve league visits to Molyneux, which dates back to April nineteen eighty-five, where they won four 0 Well, forget about that. You know, four 0 is a bit of a touchy subject at the minute, but that. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, that that bodes well. Win um, Fulham then. Jake and and Harry have said that they they're not particularly a, a great side, but obviously got a couple of players to be worried about. How do you think we will do on Sunday? Well, um, I can only echo what they've said in that I've watched them twice in the last four days, and it was two of the worst performances I've ever seen. To be frank, um, <clears throat> they are they are just not a good football team at all. And they are a lot worse than West Ham are, which is probably a good job for us right now. Um, I mean, it, I'm, we say it every time we play a pretty bad team, but literally, if you could get Adama, Jimenez and Pedence, if he's fit, or Neto, running at them, that back line just simply can't cope with it because they are absolutely... It, it will disintegrate. I was talking to Harry yeah. the other day, and I just said, I don't, I don't know how Dennis Adoy is still starting for them. The man was useless when they got promoted the first time, and players were walking yeah. past him. And obviously, he was good enough. He was good enough to get him promoted again. But they're still yeah. playing him. He's a joke. Uh, the, I mean, whole, the whole thing is a joke. Well, they keep they keep switching between a back three and a back four. Parker's not that good a manager, to be honest. That team, that squad, should have absolutely walked the championship. He and this this will get clipped up and. Uh, this will be we'll Scott Parker's up. team talk on Sunday. Yeah, but I'll need more than this team talk because they really are bad. I appreciate they'll probably lose. They'll probably beat us now. But those, though, that that will be my opinion: win, lose, or draw, because they are awful. They have an awful manager, and this should be, quite frankly, a very easy win. Right, I'll no get. Wolves. Get, yeah, no more. It could end very badly. Right, let's get some predictions then. Jake, what do you think the score is going to be on Sunday afternoon? 2-0. Uh, oh. Harry? I agree, 2-0. And win. Please don't say 2-0 because we all said 3-0 last week and got absolutely smacked. Please change it up. Well, I was going to say 2-0, but I'll go 3-0. Ah, oh, there we go. Hopefully, a bit of superstition. That will change things up a bit there fingers crossed anyway for for a good result on Sunday we're still yet to hear about the fitness of Pedence and Marcel not entirely sure whether they will be involved on Sunday but by the sounds of it there's a chance that they might be whether it be from the bench or not transfer deadline day is on Monday and this means that there's still time for Wolves to get some deals done there's talk, well, rumours today that Wolves 
the rumours today that Harry's favourite player, Ruben Vinagra, is in talks with Olympiacos over a loan move with an option for the Greek champions to make the deal permanent. Harry's just fist bumping. He absolutely loves it. <laughs> it's the news he's been waiting for all summer. Uh, and Wolves are said to be looking at replacing Vinagra with Angers left-back Ryan A. Nori. Nori is a France under-21 international and at 19 years old, you assume the club will see him as a backup alternative to the current option, Marcel, and obviously eventually when Johnny returns from injury. Now, according to transfer market, his market value is €18 million. Euros. So imagine whatever deal the club make, it won't be a cheap one. But I suppose the fact that the deal will be a loan with an option to buy gives the club a chance to, to, to have a look at him. Harry, I'll come to you first. I know you, you're in, un, in unconsolable. You're absolutely devastated that Ruben Vinagre might be leaving the club. You've spent all day crying. You don't want him to leave. You know, you've sent him love letters, but he's not read them. He's not replied to your calls. Are you sad about Vinagre going and replacing him with a younger left-back? Um, well, that's breaking news to me, George. You, you've broken that news to me. So I'm, I'm very happy about that news, if it's true. Um, I can say it now if he's going. He can take his step overs and f*** off because he's so honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. There's, I know. We, we we don't normally swear on this podcast, but that has to be saying. I'll start. I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to beep it out. But that is. Yeah. That is but um. Honestly, he's a lot. I mean, he's just a liability defensively. He's just. He, he's not particularly great at attacking, to be honest. I mean, he's not that bad, but like, he's just like every time Johnny doesn't play and he plays, like you just you just know it's going to be dreadful. Um, we saw it on Sunday. Every single time it went down the left, he was just nowhere to be seen. He cost us against Sevilla. He should have cost us against Olympiacos without VAR. He's cost us many times. He cost us two goals at Spurs. Um, but Raul and his mate Diogo bailed him out. He's just honestly like he's just not that good. He's he's not going to have the career people think he's going to have. Some people think he's going to be the best left back in the world. I've got no idea why. Sorry, mate, but you just you're not very good in my wow. opinion. What a what a damning uh, opinion that is there. It says something about him that it, he was he'd never he'd never pushed Johnny enough. Like there was never kind of a, a sway of intent for from Wolves fans to to make Vinagra start ahead of Johnny. Like I don't think there's anything that he brings in instead of him. And you know I think the fact that he's obviously been at the club for three years and was involved with us getting promoted and he's had moments. Mainly his best moment was about three years ago when he did a few stepovers at Man City and he's been living off that ever since. It, it, it's clear that there's talent there and the club have seen that, but maybe they've just kind of lost patience a bit and one uh, who's a bit younger. When, how much do you, how much do you expect him to see him play if he, if he does sign? Well, this, this is a discussion I had with friends of the pod, James White and Jake Bullock. We, we, we said that if Marcel's injured, who's going to play left-back on Sunday? So I'd assume with Marcel's injury worries and Johnny out till New Year, he'll probably play quite a bit in this next few months and we'll see how good he is. Yeah, that, that's something that I think we'll, uh, we probably will do. Jake, on, on a, kind of like a, a more of a, a personal note, in your take, are you sad to see Van Agra go? Are you sad that he never really got to show his potential or do you not think he, he had 
that level of potential? I think he has had time to show his potential, to be fair. I know, you know, he's never really got that much game time considering how much Johnny plays, but that's just down to the fact that Johnny is a 10 times better player than him. And he's never really shown that he's ever going to kind of get to Johnny's level. Um, I did, uh, I think early on, like championship season, I did have very high hopes for him. You know, first Premier League year, there was still them high hopes, but he's, he's just never really grown that much. I think there is a, you know, potential of a player in there and he's still got time to kind of figure it out. But I think he's just not doing it often enough for me. Uh, you know, going forward, he can, he, he does have, you know, he, he does have some very good moments, but I just think defensively, there's too many liabilities there. And if we're going off that theory, that's very similar to what we said about Doc. And, I, uh, you know, Doc is more productive than he is. So I'd, I'd be happy to see him go. Time to move on to everybody's favourite time of the week. It's the great Molyneux quiz. The current leader is James Wynn, who's following on in the footsteps of his old politics teacher, Don Fear, here by being an absolute quiz master. He's left Jake and Harry in the ashes. Now, the two of them have got to pull something out of the bag here because if, if James has another good week here, he can just further extend his weeks. Um, I hope you two are feeling okay. Jake, Harry, you, you all good and ready? I am very well prepared. I am mentally, I am mentally and physically prepared. For those of you who are new and listening for the first time and have come from uh, James's viral tweet, um, I'll explain to you the format of it. So there's three rounds. There's a sudden death round, a who am I round, and a general knowledge round. Now, the sudden death is where I will ask the lads a question where there is multiple answers, um, and they will each have to give me an answer in turn, and it will go round until one of them gets it wrong and they're uh, eliminated. And that will just continue until either there's only one person left or until there are no more answers. Right then. The order for the sudden death round will go James, Jake and Harry. So it will pass round like that. And your question is, to celebrate Connor Cody's fantastic week or look back at the start of his Wolves career, and the question this week is, can you name the matchday squad from Connor Cody's league debut for Wolves in August 2015 against Blackburn? James, take it away. Dave Edwards. Yeah. Benicophobe. Yeah. Carl Akimi. Yeah. Connor Cody. Oh, how did you guess? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Jake. Richard Stearman. Correct. Courtney House. Correct. Uh, Adam LaFondre. Correct. Matt Doherty. Yep. Dominic Iorfa. Correct. Shay Ojo. He was. He was on the bench. It's getting tight here. There's not many left. Kevin McDonald. Correct. Scott Goldborn. Correct. Uh, let's say Aaron McCary. He was the bench goalkeeper. He was in the matchday squad. Jake, your turn. Uh, James Henry. Correct. So he was the player you were missing from the start in 11. So there's just a couple of players left on the bench now who haven't been named yet. Jack Price. Price is there. Wins head in hands moment. I think that was his answer. Come on, when you've got to give me another answer to keep it going. Um, 
can't. I can't think of one. I'll have to concede on this. You're out. No answer from James Wynn. So he's out. He's lost a point now. So it's between James oh. and Harry here. I think there is. I think there's two names you haven't mentioned between the two of you. Lee Evans. No, Lee Evans. Jake, you're out there. Harry, you've got to get this one right now. Ethan Ebanks Landell. Oh, he's nailed it, Harry. That's a point to you, lad. That was a good one. That. Um, Who's the other player? The other player was Ed Van der Parra. So yeah, that seems like an awfully long time ago, um, and how the squad has changed. Matt Doherty wasn't even starting that day; he was on the bench. Um, so Harry, a point to you. You've, you've pulled it back. I'm, I'm glad to see you're back in the game because the past couple of weeks you've been very disappointing. You know, pull no punches. If this was Ruben Vinagra, you'd be calling for his head. <laughs> yeah, right, rightly so I'd have been sacked if I was new now. yeah right for the next question is who am I and the lads have each got a buzzer and it'll be the first one to buzz in um, to, and get the, the answer right um, to get a point here so do you want to go around Harry what's your buzzer this week run out there and ah scare him away Harry pulling another Callum's corner out of the bag Jake what's yours are you sticking with the old faithful yeah, we don't change. There we go. And James. Neck and Bolton went 1 0 up. And I was a bit of thug dad there um, for James Buzzard. Right then. So remember, it's the first one of you to buzz in. So pay attention. Who am I? I began my career in my home country playing for Santos and stayed there until 2005. I made 100 appearances for Brazil, scoring 28 goals. On September the 1st, 2008, Man City paid 32.5. Harry has buzzed in there. Harry, what's your answer? Is it Rubinho? It is Rubinho. It's two from two. James is, James is shivering there. He's been taken by surprise. Harry, what have you been doing over the past week to get ready for this? I, I, I've been researching every single possible thing that could have gone through your mind. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right. Two from two then. Jake, it, I think Harry's overtaking you there with the, the two points he's just picked up. Are you confident of moving off the bottom? Oh, yeah. I, I'm very confident. You saw how I displayed in the last season's Molyneux quiz. Um, and there's no reason why I can't do that again. Spot on. Right. Hopefully you can get this one right then. So this is the general knowledge round. Each of you will get a, a question to answer here um, for a point. Right then, Jake, I'll come to you first then um, for your question. If you are celebrating your silver wedding anniversary, how many years have you been married for? Oh, I, I really should know this. And I actually don't. I haven't. I have no clue. Uh, 50, isn't it? Oh, no, 50's gold. Uh, 25. Oh, he got it. (laughs) Just just about pulled that one out of the bag. So, point to you, Jake, there. Win, I take it you knew that one. Jake always gets the easy questions. I don't think I do. I'd like an independent review into this, please. There's absolutely no bias that goes into this at all. Right, Win, your question is... What year was Wimbledon first held? And are you what? serious? 
Yeah, I'll give you a bit of a leeway actually because that that's quite difficult. You'll get compared to how many years is a silver wedding? You'll get you'll get uh, ten years either way. Oh my god, eighteen seventy-seven. That's actually spot on. You got it. Oh wow. Oh that is that is unheard of. That's yeah. You've inherited that from Don Fear. I'm convinced. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. He did use to teach us general knowledge instead of politics. Honestly, fast. Yeah, he had you doing oh, general studies A level. Um, spectacular there. That is one of the the all time great moments of the Great Modern News Quiz. It's why people come back and listen every week. Right then, Harry, to round out your quiz, you can get three from three. You what? You'd be the first. That's what I mean. Three. You you bottled it last week. And the week so, before. And the week before. So, <laughs> Harry. You could be the first one to, to get yourself a hat trick here. Your question is how many to the nearest thousand, how many taste buds does the human tongue have? He <laughs> <laughs> got silver wedding anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say eleven thousand. Oh, Harry, you've 1,000 off. It's 10,000 taste buds. So you've just missed out on your hat-trick there, but you've had a storming week otherwise. Win, I believe you're still top with five. Harry, you're second with four or three. I can't remember, but you've either had a good week. And I think Jake is also level with you now. So fantastic week there, lads. Thank you very much. That also wraps up this week's podcast. Um, have any of you got anything else to add or promote before we go? Yeah, we need Bradley Walsh on the case for next week's quiz. This I'm not having that. Um, I'll, I'm going to be writing a Europa League article before we record the next podcast, so look out for that. Good stuff. Well then, lads, thank you very much. Remember to keep in touch with us on Twitter and get your questions in and... Um, if you want to ask a question, actually, I'll put the email address in the description of the podcast, just in case you want to email us um, if you've got any questions for us next week. But in the meantime, look after yourselves and we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.